by some divine miracle we were paired up and she actually thought of me. Thought of me enough to decide that I was the guy she would trust with the whole funness of her party. She wants to fuck me, she wants my dick in and around her mouth. Did you ever think that maybe she's just using you to get her alcohol? She doesn't want your dick. <laughs> All right, uh, this is the Pod Dirt Podcast. My name is K-Man. Uh, I am solo again today because no one likes me anymore and maybe this podcast is just pissing everyone else off they don't want to join. <laughs> uh, sad truths. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so today uh, I'm going to talk about coming to age films because I myself am a huge uh, film kind of guy. And oops, there's the dog. Hey, what's up? Just walk in. You've been chilling until now. What's up? You cool? No. Let me see. No. Okay. Duncan's going to be this kind of guy today. So, Coming of Age, um, not my favorite movie genre, but I think it's kind of the most, um, I find that, I find this genre can go almost into any other subgenre. Like, it can go into horror, uh, comedy, uh, romance, uh, thriller, sci-fi, anything like that. So, I think Coming of Age is definitely something that can just go to almost any extreme when it comes to film and, I guess, music and all the other kind of medias. But today we're talking about films. So, well, I'm going to mention a few movies and just, uh, just talk about how I feel about them. I mean, these are not, these are not kind of ranked in any sort of order. And there's like how many coming of age movies there are. And there's, I'm sure there's billions of them that are better than the ones I picked, but these are the ones I picked because they're kind of the obvious ones that everyone knows. I haven't seen some of the new ones. I, I don't want to go to see movies nowadays. I don't go to see something that I'd like, you know, become weepy if I watch it. Like I just don't, I just don't care for that kind of, uh, you know, that sort of thing with movies, <laughs> uh, as, as shallow as that is, I'm sure there's just like great films out there I should see in theaters, but eh, I don't know. I kind of hate most movies nowadays. I wish I liked them a lot more uh, when they come out. I mean, we saw we saw Rocket Man, me and Sam, and it was absolutely awesome. Uh, that I guess that was kind of a coming of age film, but it's not. I'm not mentioning it for that. I just think it was a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, see Rocket Man. There was um, that movie with Freddie about Freddie Mercury, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw that, and uh, I'm not like a giant Queen fan. And honestly, I just didn't like the film too much. Uh, it was just, it was a very thin script, I find. Like, it was just so, like, I don't know. It just, it cared too much about the smallest details. And I guess sometimes the smallest details are kind of interesting to know, but there were kind of things everyone knew, and it, just, it just didn't go anywhere that I thought it was going to. But Rocketman was almost the complete opposite. Like, just great character development. And it was an actual, like, musical, so spoiler spoiler alert. Uh, sorry if I ruined that for anybody. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it's a rock and roll movie about, about Elton John, and there's no music in it, then you should assume. But I guess Bohemian Rhapsody did not have a musical aspect to it, so maybe that's why I didn't really care. I think if you're going to be super kind of trendy with these movies, it's almost like across the universe. Uh, those are the kind of movies I think that when they kind of tell the older tales of some of these rock and rollers, I think they did like a really good job of portraying the music and uh, just the characters and stuff like that, uh, with also like a musical kind of thing like Grease or whatever. So let's get into some coming of age movies uh, as i said this is not this is not the uh the most prolific list there is out there this is just my list so i'm sure everyone's seen these movies that's why i'll talk about them and if you guys have similar experiences to these movies or um you know how you felt about these movies please uh, let, let me know we are uh pot of dirt podcast at gmail.com that is p-o-d-d-e-d-i-r-t podcast at gmail.com i did it slowly because i said sometimes people are like mm, double d fucking fuck you james that's all you i'm blaming this on you now now i always bring this up 
So yeah, send us uh, send us a message on, on Gmail, or you can follow us on Instagram. We're Potted Podcast, and I have a Twitter, but I honestly don't go on it. To I'm so tired of like pithy fucking dialogue things. Uh, I just I don't care anymore about Twitter. No offense to Twitter, I'm sure it helps a lot of people, but for me, I just don't really even want to like put it out there. So, anyways, let's get on with this list. Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. All right, so the first movie we're talking about is The Breakfast Club. If no one's, if people haven't seen this movie, go fuck yourself. It's one of like the best movies ever made, and it's old as hell. So if you, it's old as hell. Uh, I think it came out like a year before I was born. So uh, I guess it's not that old, unless I'm saying that I'm fucking old, which I kind of am. So uh, The Breakfast Club stars oh my god do i have to actually go through all these fucking names it stars the fucking guys in the breakfast club it's goddamn oh my god emilio estevez he's like the main guy he's the football player i'm just narrating just or i'm just kind of giving the the summary of this movie in case anyone's like what the fuck movie is that you know what's funny i actually have a friend who did not see the breakfast club up until a few years ago and we were like what the fuck really and he's like yeah and he saw it and he was like yeah it was okay and i'm like I guess when you keep on watching The Breakfast Club, it turns to be okay. But I mean, like the first time you see it, you're kind of—I think you're—I think you're kind of like, holy shit, this is kind of like how I feel about high school sometimes. Obviously, this movie's dated for from me. Like I said, this movie came out a year before I was born, so I didn't have their sort of high school experience. But high school experiences, nonetheless, you kind of feel how these characters will come at you. So it starts in the U.S. as, as kind of like the jock, and uh, they say he or he says he's in detention. So The Breakfast Club—they're they're in detention on the weekend. They have to stay there all day in this in the library and just I don't know think about what they did or something like that. Uh, so Emilio Estevez's character, he's like a jock and he's almost like I hate to say kind of goofy stuff like this, but he's almost like a jock with like a heart of gold. I don't think he really wants to be like this kind of uber jockey douchebag that he kind of comes off as. As they kind of explain in the movie, like he's in there because he and he like assaulted some kid uh, and like some like nerdy kid and he like pulled down his pants and like i can't believe they duct taped his like butt to something <laughs> they like to pull all the hair off his ass i can't remember how the whole thing went but he had this like really kind of like sad uh sad kind of recollection of what he did and you know he said he must felt so bad for that kid so i think it's good because i think it showed back in the day that like just because these guys are jocks football player stars they're not all these hard asses that want to do this sometimes they feel like it's just like that's their that's what they need to do in order to survive like in the high school that you know with these weird uh social cultures that we have and these different kind of groups you know where it'd be like the jocks or the nerds or you know anything else and then there's the character bender who's played by oh my god i have to look this one up i have to look up the names of these people Okay, so in the movie, Emilio Estevez plays uh, Andrew Clark. That's his character name. So I was talking about the the like the bully, like the tough guy, who is played by Judd Nelson, which I did remember. I'm like, his name is Judd Nelson. And I'm like, nah, it's Judd Judd Reid Judd Reinhold. That's what it is. So got fucked up. So he plays John Bender, and they call him Bender in the movie, and he's like this like, you know, kind of like that classic psychotic weird kid who has like a really rough rough home life i guess so he always just kind of like likes to it's not even like he's a bully he's just like a psycho like he just it doesn't matter who what class you're in he'll just fucking tear you apart regardless if you're a jock or a nerd or like you know the goth kids or something like that he'll just always kind of rip you apart and he's kind of like a loner like the loner type and he has like the the whole you know he doesn't give a shit what the hell happens to him so when he keeps on getting attention you know that that 
the the principal's like, you got another one. You want another one? He's like, yeah, so do it. And they kept on like going back and forth till the time. Till the time. He has like nine fucking weekends that he has to go sit in the uh, sit in the library. And, and it's funny because when I think about the movie, I was always just like, ah, oh, this Bender guy is such a dick. Like, why does he keep on getting more detention? But you, you kind of... You know, going through going through life and meeting people, you, you almost you almost feel for the guy that maybe he takes these detentions because at least he has like somewhere to go where, you know, almost in a sense he's taken care of. Like you know, someone wants to check on him all the time, whereas maybe his family life is a lot more a lot more depressing than staying in detention, right? Like how how bad can your life be when you'd rather be stuck in detention for like a month? straight like every weekend just to get away from like your sad kind of home life and your parents are abusive or you know everyone's on drugs or something like that which i think was kind of like evident with him like he keeps on talking about you know how his dad assaults him or his parents are like both like they're both aggressive to each other a lot of domestic disputes i'm sure break out in his house so i think it, it, I, I look deeper into that character and i kind of understand a lot more and i i appreciate kind of where the character came from and maybe maybe the Maybe the person who wrote it, I think it was, oh, God, what was his name? Holy fuck, why am I so bad with goddamn names? He's that guy who, John something, fuck. Why can I, I cannot remember anyone's goddamn name today. And I like these goddamn movies too. John Hughes, fuck, I don't remember that fucking name, John Hughes. Something, maybe he, maybe he like took these characters from like his own life. Like maybe he was any one of these people. He was like the nerd who we'll get to after. Maybe he is... I can't see him being the jock only because I've seen pictures of him sort of just like, nah, you seem like the kind of guy who play hacky sack with like, you know, the hippies and you kind of like hang out and play the xylophone for like the fucking, the church choir kind of thing. He just seems like that sort of guy. So I don't think he'd be like the jock, but he even could have been the, psych- the psychopath though, like the kind of hidden behind all this stuff. Like maybe he, he's not like a nerd or he's not like this wholesome Christian guy, but maybe they kind of put him in this thing. So outside of school he could have been that psycho i'm i'm just i'm estimating his life here it's stupid of me i shouldn't do that but i think it's just interesting that he wrote these characters and we're back okay sorry i left there for a little bit and uh i was in the middle of a conversation with you guys what was it about dropped my phone and that jogged my memory we were talking about uh so the the uh the bully we just finished the the psychopath sorry of the breakfast club john bender played by Judd Nelson. I'm trying to think of the movies he's in, but I can't, like, aside from the Brad Pack stuff, I can't think of anything he's in. I think he was in Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, and he was, like, that sheriff who, like, doesn't give a shit there's, like, a monkey. Oh, I can see the characters. That was, uh, that was the bully. And we had... Oh, I'm here. I'm looking at the names now. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. He was the nerd. He was that ginger kid. Um... I think I, I think I like probably identify more with this role than anything else. I guess in high school I was I was more of a nerd, so or like kind of a geeky kind of kid. Even though like I was total shit in high school, like grades wise, I was pretty stupid. But I think I was more in that guy's shoes. Aside from the fact, I feel like this character was played up way more than he needed to be. Like I feel like um, his name was uh, his name was uh, his name was Kevin in the movie. This guy in though. This guy was in a lot of stuff. This uh, this actor, Anthony Michael Hall, Michael Anthony Hall, Michael Anthony Hall. Yes, Michael Anthony Hall. My bad. He was in The Dark Knight. Yeah, he played that one guy in The Dark Knight. Freddy got fingered. See, it's funny because I remember from that movie the more more than anything. He's the guy who uh, who gives him the cartoon uh, zebras in America. So that's what I remember this guy from. So sorry. Back to the Breakfast Club though. He was um, 
he was the kind of the nerdy uh, kid in class. And I, I said, oh, I, they overplayed it a bit in the sense of like the reason why he was in detention. And in my opinion, like, I don't know why he'd get detention for what he did. I feel like like nowadays, especially you'd be in uh, jail, <laughs> you know, or at least the um, juvenile detention center. Uh, he, he was the nerdy kid who like brought a gun to school and like, I'll, I'll preface that with just like, he brought the gun to school cause he got a bad grade, which I mean, there's other movies that have that kind of character, but I felt it was just way over the top, like really for a bad mark. And I get, they're trying to push the issue of like someone who's like really good at like achieving good grades and stuff. If you get like a bad grade, you're kind of like, Oh fuck, like my life is over kind of thing. So I could see it. But I think the whole turning point was the fact he brought like a flare gun or something. Maybe he brought like a flare gun to school and he was like, I, I, I was going to bring it and shoot the teacher with it, but they found it and they gave me detention instead. Like, that seems like a big fucking deal. Like, if you brought any sort of firearm, just even like a BB gun, you brought that to school. However, this is the 80s, so maybe I'm completely off on this one. So I didn't go to school in the 80s, so I have no idea. But I feel like if you brought a, a gun to school... <laughs> I'm thinking about it now, really. It's like bringing the gun to school, I feel like it's only more of like a like a 2000 sort of thing. Like I think, well, Columbine was like 1999 or 98, something like that. It was horrible as that was. And all the other school. Oh no, there was, there was that one in Montreal, the polytechnic, that guy brought a gun, but that, I feel like that wasn't bringing a gun to school. That was some guy like taking hostages with a gun. I feel like bringing a gun to school now is like the biggest thing. Like, even if you're just going to show it off, like it doesn't matter. It's so fucking big. So not to dampen anyone's, um, you know, experiences with any sort of school shooting. I apologize if, you know, that's a, that's a triggering thing, but, uh, I'm just talking about the breakfast club here, people. I started to bring up the other stuff. He brought a flare gun to school to like, I don't know, threaten the teacher. It's like, <laughs> I don't think any person in the world would see a flare gun and be like, Oh, that's a real gun. Like, I wonder if this kid, cause he's so nerdy, doesn't understand what a real gun looks like. But I mean, I guess shooting a flare at someone would fucking hurt or maybe kill them. I don't know. It seems like it'd cause some damage, but, uh, I feel like it's such a one of those guns you could like it's like plastic you just like push it away a lot easier there's no like there's no big moving parts it's just one big fucking shell it shoots like a light bulb like a like a roman candle out of it so <laughs> I, I just feel like they played up uh his character so much so i didn't i didn't care for it oh brian was his name not kevin brian yeah the kid's name was brian r johnson i, I can't remember he i forgot he was in uh he, he played rusty i can't even understand i just can't understand i don't know how i missed that if you play Rusty on uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, like, fuck, that that was Rusty. I don't know how I didn't, I didn't see that. And then uh, he was in 16 Candles as well. He was the geek in that as well. He just, you know, he looks like a geek. He's a ginger. Freckles and, like, blondish, gingery hair. And, you know, weighed, like, 90 pounds. That's the thing. I kind of identify with him a lot more in this, in this sort of role, like, in a physical kind of or, like, uh, status symbol. I think most of the nerds probably liked me. Uh, most of the football players hated me and, uh, I was like skinny and couldn't wrestle and shit like that. So I kind of understand. I'm sorry. Other, other weaklings out there. <laughs> oh, we're getting into the actual ginger here, even though it's like, I feel like she's, she's played as a ginger, but she's played like this is a hot cheerleader ginger, which I don't know. I guess redheads were, were in at some point, but, uh, Molly Ringwald and, um, who did she play? Claire, that's what it was. I remember because uh, Bender was like, "Your name is Claire," like he was such a fucking, like he was he was really trying to like understand who the fuck or try to understand like what the fuck your name is Claire. In the same sense, though, it's like, eh, you call yourself Bender, fuck off, and your real name is Judd. So, 
so yeah uh claire she played like the kind of the preppy girl um she had like i think she's a cheerleader and she always did the makeup in the movie and stuff like that and I, I could never identify obviously with i mean not obviously but i i was never the cheerleading type and um i feel like maybe she was a bit overplayed but at the same time i don't know um for the nerd one it's like no matter what you're never this kind of nerd like you're never this kind of a goofy kid but i feel like this one is overplayed because some of these some of these girls can't be this flat and shallow. Like I'm sure I'll be proven wrong about that, but I find that this cheerleader character was just, she was such an airhead and I'd like to think better than most people. I don't think anyone who's like a cheerleader is an airhead. I've met some airheads, but I feel like cheerleaders have to be kind of smart. Like they're very like, um, sorry, excuse me. Ooh, drinking beer. I feel like she's like very social and I feel like, um, you're socially you have to be somewhat smart like you have to be kind of on some topics once again it could be completely wrong but that's just how i kind of picture the uh society working the society and ali sheedy she played like the uh ali Sheedy played like the gothy girl in that she barely talked except for the end when they like deck her out to look make her look like a fucking uh like a preppy girl which is one thing i really fucking hated about about that movie because finally once she dresses like uh when she dresses like molly ringwald uh claire and she puts on makeup and stuff. Then all of a sudden, like, the jockey football guy's like, oh, hey, oh, fuck, that looks awesome. But it's like, that's not who she is. And she never probably wants to be that way. She, I think she's happy with who she is, even though it's like, she's overplayed to an extent. But the things, I've, I feel like I've known people like her, like the gothy kind of kids who are just, like, super weird and will, like, scream out or, like, you know, eat pixie sticks and stuff like that. I feel like those people do exist. And I feel like I've known some. Um, I think her character is a bit overblown, but not to the point where I'm like, oh, no one like this ever exists. No, there's people who are like super like mute to everyone else and like, you know, have like, have like weird shit in their lock or like some sort of like a uh, pentagram or something like that. And she seems like the, uh, she seems like a realistic character in high school. At least when I went to high school, there's probably a couple, a couple gothy kind of people like her. And, um, yeah, but I, I really just didn't like how all of a sudden, the the jockey football player guy andrew was like oh holy she's prettier than i thought and it's like i honestly feel like i don't know if, i don't know if you guys i'm not gonna like toot toot horns here or anything like that but it's like if you ever had like a one night stand with somebody and they like you meet them somewhere and they have like tons of makeup on they look great they're like wearing a dress stuff like that and this is not just for girls for guys i don't think we wear makeup too much but you know we have like our 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 fancy clothing and our like cool hair products that we put in to make us look fucking swank uh not me preferably i don't like to do that kind of stuff but some people do and then you go to a club and meet somebody and they're dressed up you're dressed up and then we wake up in the morning and it's like i don't understand what andrew's think like after tomorrow when she like showers all that crappy makeup off she's she doesn't have that makeup she's like a weird gothy girl she's just gonna be like kind of kooky and like dirty haired again basically like she's gonna be super plain i guess i mean you know she's a she's a good looking character to begin with i'm not gonna ever shout down someone else like that and the whole makeup thing makes her look good too but i don't know what andrew's expecting for her to be like all of a sudden change in like the preppy uh sort of claire mentality like she's gonna be the cheerleader now because she looks good in makeup because that's not who she is and that's almost like greece i mean i'm gonna bring up greece here but it's like remember sandy she like gets all all kind of punk rock and to impress um to impress danny and it's like this is not who you are though like tomorrow you're gonna wake up and speak with your Australian accent again, not your your half-baked American accent that you're trying to impress someone with with your cigarettes and your curly hair and your leather jacket. Like, this is not you. You're not going to do this tomorrow because this is just not you. If, you if, if, if who you are is who you are, I think it's going to take longer than one day. So 
if you pretend to be something, the next day someone's going to be like, that's not who you are. You're completely different from what the fuck you used to be. So uh, I just didn't ever, I never liked that part of <laughs> The Breakfast Club. That movie had a lot of um, interesting points, though. Uh, I like when they all kind of sat around on the stairs and they all seemed like really chill. And they're talking about like your virgi- virginity and stuff like that. Like it was very... Um, that that's something I I think happens to a lot of people in high school, regardless of like what generation you grew up in. It's a big deal. I had always had those conversations with friends too. Like you'd sit around and talk about stuff. This one was kind of interesting because it's a lot of like people from different classes talking about that kind of stuff. And in high school, it's I guess it seems like a big deal. Um, and personally, it's for, for like personally, I understand that situation. I've been there before. Like where friends are asking about that kind of stuff, and I feel like I've had more like the Claire. Or even like the, um, oh, what's the goth girl's name? See, I just looked at her name. Ali Sheedy's her name, but who does she play? Uh, Allison? I didn't even know her name was Allison, so, Ali, so they just kept their name Allison. Uh, Ali Sheedy plays Allison Reynolds. I guess it was more like Ali. Like, I just, I never cared. I feel like uh, the Molly Ringwald's character kind of lied about it. She's just like, she always kind of talked about how she was like, oh yeah, we did it all the time, blah, blah. And then the Andrew character was way over the top. Like, of course I did. I have a girlfriend in Canada, sort of. You know, those fucking dorks who are like, I have a girlfriend in Canada. <laughs> I'm from Canada. My girlfriend's from here somewhere. <laughs> uh, but Ali Sheedy, she kind of like made this joke. She's like, oh, I've done tons of times with this guy. And at the end, she's like, eh, I never did it either. Like, just didn't care. That was me. Like, I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, when I was 13, I had like a bunch of girlfriends. We did it all the time. And I was like, I'm just like, oh, I didn't. And eh, whatever. Like, high school for me was a lot different from, I think, a lot of people. For me, it was the same. Hopefully, you guys have, like, similar uh, experiences. For me, it's like, I just wanted to get through high school. You know, from 14 to, like, what, like, 18, I guess? Yeah, so it's, like, four years. Um, you were really just trying to figure out yourself and, and stuff like that, which is, like, coming of age is a really, it's a really interesting term for these kind of movies because it's exactly how you feel about it. You're coming to, like, the point where you want to know what you want to be and who you're going to be, like what kind of person you're going to like maybe emulate, like maybe you're going to be more like your dad, or if you like don't like your dad, you're going to be more like, you know, this this particular person, maybe this teacher or something like that. Um, but uh, the sex talk never, like to me, I'm just like, it'll happen when it happens. I'm not going to like pine for it every day. Like some guys are just like, oh, it, yeah, every day, man, every day. Me, I'm just like, I, I don't do that. And you used to get, used to get teased for that. It's, it sucked, but at the same time, just like, I... I just did my work and I skateboarded and I smoked weed and I got through high school mostly before everyone else and my friends did. Cause a lot of my friends would skip and then they'd think, Oh shit, I got to retake this. So they're like now staying there a year afterwards just to finish a couple programs. And for me, I'm like buckle down, do the fucking nerdy thing. And, and like, you know, but it's four years. High school is goddamn four years. Who gives a shit? It's one thing I hope everyone would take away from this, especially if you're like a young person, if you're listening to this or, you know, if there's some sort of trying time in your life, like this is all things that will pass. High school passes. You can be like the biggest dork in the world and have just a, a retarded time of people just insulting you or, you know, the best thing to do is just to keep doing everything you do just to pass. Because once you pass, you're out and college is way better. And like the working force is way better. You'll never find a better fucking time than outside of high school. Because once you're out of that, you realize how stupid and bullshit that all that crap is. So that's how I feel about, uh, about that. <laughs> so that's the virginity talk then. And, uh, I really all smoke weed in that, in that like 
I don't know how they all smoke weed and like no one smells it or like the fire alarms don't go off or the principal walks in it doesn't reek like fucking pot <laughs> like they smoke so much weed and they'll like dance around and they're all like doing the dances together and shit, <laughs> shit like that <laughs> I'm trying to think of like there's that thing where they're all like kind of doing like that almost like Egyptian walk and they're like on the they're, like on a banister ah <laughs> uh. I, I don't relate to that at all. I've never done stuff like that. I used to smoke weed in high school, but I never, like, got on the banister with the bully and the jock and did, like, a, I don't know, like, one of those, almost like a, like, the madness. I don't know if you guys know the ska band, the madness. And they all kind of walk like that. And they kind of do these little dips with their legs. And stuff. <laughs> um, it's a great movie, though. Coming of Age, that definitely is one of them. They have some ridiculous talking points, but they also have some talking points where you can't escape how you feel about the situation, no matter how old or how young you are, like these things will affect everybody. So cheers to the breakfast club. Ow. Oh, baby, you're so good. Oh, yes, I am the best. Uh, you're so good. Yes. Hey, Jimmy. Lying here next to Something me. wrong with the reception? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I I bed, son. But more set, Dad. More set. Yeah. No, no, I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. This is just a bad reception, honey. You're so big. What's that? Uh, that was American Pie, so... This movie has to be mentioned in the coming-of-age story, although I fucking hate this movie. I hate the series. I hate all the characters. I don't think there's one... <clears throat> Sorry, I was like, one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's one saving grace in this entire film uh, even eugene levy like he's funny in it but oh my god he gets fucking like he just becomes that like stereotypical dad that yeah well i guess that you know it, it's the time so i really can't shit on it but this movie does not date well i find so yeah american pie oh 1999 so uh oh my god how old was i then um i was i went to high school in 2001 so i was at 14 so i was probably 12 when the movie came out so maybe i didn't get it as much but as you get older you watch these movies and you know it was still like the early 2000s when I kind of understood what the hell was going on in most of these things because I'm, I'm what they call a late bloomer. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like this movie too much only because like um, it's so over the top. Like I'm, I was talking about The Breakfast Club earlier about it being over the top, but when you watch this movie, it's, it's, so, it's so realistic in a sense, but it's also so fucking corny. Like, not this would never fucking happen, but at the same time, it's like, this happened to me before too and even if even if things like this have happened to me in the movie i didn't fuck a pie by the way but if something did happen like this i'd still be like yeah i don't know i just maybe because the actors are just so are so full of it like you just tell like they don't believe anything they say because these actors are like probably in their 30s when they made this goddamn movie like uh jason biggs i mean christ hell this guy's probably in his 41 okay well i don't know how old he was during american pie but um so he plays jim and jim's like the main character in that and he's like super desperate to lose his virginity because uh, all those friends kind of talk like mad shit about you know you're not a man until blah blah and they make him like they make him feel some sort of thing about uh, having sex is like warm warm apple pie so he like goes and fucks a pie you know that's a saving grace of the film i think the fact that he like tries to fuck up the scene itself i'm just like ah stupid like it's just so goofy and i love stupid goofy movies but this one was just pushing it i hated it but I think if you if you just read it in context, like, okay, so Jim actually goes and fucks an apple pie and his dad walks in. <laughs> That's actually, like, one of the best, like, almost, like, scenes you can make. I just think they didn't do it as well. It, it, they're great movies, I understand. Like, they've, I'm sure they've won millions of fucking awards and they've really put the map on, uh, 
on these sort of uh, topics, but I just, I could not stand this movie. Um, there's that one guy too. Uh, there's like a football looking player kind of guy. who's always like, Oh, like it, he talks about it like so romantically, like he has such a fucking like douchebag appeal to like, it's between like the love of man. Like he always has this fucking tone and I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Go play your goddamn quarterback position and go fuck the cheerleaders. Like, what is the big deal here? And I can't remember who his girlfriend is in this, but, um, there's that guy too. Uh, I, oh, what's his name? It was like, there's like Finch. I think I was, was the guy named Kevin or something like this. You don't think the other guy was Kevin. And he, and he's like fucking, he doesn't fuck Terry, but he wants to, but she like sucks his dick all the time. And he like complains about it at a party and stuff like that. Like, dude, this is back when Tara Reid was like a fucking hottie. And you're like, all she does is like suck my dick. Like, oh, you poor motherfucker. Like, oh, you just want some fucking, you know, you just want, you just want to actually like have sex with her. Well, dude, you're in high school and she doesn't want to do that. And she sucked your dick. You're probably the best off dude here. Like Tara Patrick in those years was like a fucking 10 like yeah maybe she has her things now where she's whatever how old is she now <laughs> i just looked up to Reed and she's in a place called it's w-y-c-k-o-f-f new jersey so i looked at it as like whack off <laughs> whack off new jersey <laughs> it's probably wyckoff but ah fuck it i don't give a shit she's 43 huh. like i mean i i feel like she was i feel, I feel like she's older but you know, I feel like she was older than what I thought. I thought maybe she's like in her fifties. It's stupid of me, but um, yeah, she was like a ten back in like nineteen ninety nine. So who this guy fucking complained? That's just ridiculous. Like, what the fuck are you bitching about, man? Like, this one girl, this one fucking hot piece of ass, always sucks your dick, and you're like complaining. Fuck off. I hated that. And there was that Finch guy. I remember that. I remember his name was Finch because it's like he was such that goofy fucking kind of loser guy, but he ended up screwing uh, Stifler's mom, which. Eh, whatever. See, once again, it's like, I just, these characters, I'm just like, these guys are all fucking douchebags. I don't care about any of them. I mean, that's the point of the movie, but I just found that fucking annoying. And there was that Nadia chick who was played by, remember names now? Heather Gardner? Oh, Mina Suvari. Oh, yeah, the football guy started fucking Mina Suvari, who's like, you know, she's fucking gorgeous too. She's some sort of fucking model. I already saw a movie with her. Oh, what the fuck was it? Was it Brown Bunny? Oh, there was that movie with her. Or, no, no, that's Chloe Savigny. Oh, God, these fucking names. Mina Suvari was in American Beauty, and she was like, oh, I'm going to suck your dad's dick kind of thing. Like, she was all horny, too, in that movie. In this one, she, like, wants to make that football guy earn it or something like that. Like, get fucking bent, lady, too. Like, both him and her, go fuck yourselves. Like, you guys love each other. Just fucking do it and get it over with. Like, what's the big deal? Even though I'm like, oh, it's... I'm trying to make sure people know. It's like, eh, if you're still a virgin, it's not a big deal. It gives a shit. But it's like, they make it seem, it's like, oh, we got, what if we do this? And they end up having sex, like, on a dock or something like that. Like, ah, oh, you fucking douchebag. Sit in your Adirondack chair and get fucked. Ugh. I'm tired of that garbage. Yeah, so, yeah. It wasn't Chloe Zavigny. It was Mina Suvar. I saw Chloe Zavigny do some sexual act in a movie called Brown Bunny, which was like, I, wa- I bought the movie because John Frusciante of the Chili Peppers had a soundtrack uh, part in that which he's like my favorite fucking artist so but the movie is so fucking bizarre it's so it's so awful and and pretentious but at the same time it's like well yeah this is the fucking movie but this sex scene is like real and it's like ugh, it's gross and then i think of chloe savigny i think of american psycho where he's like the uh he's like the assistant to um patrick bateman Someone's just like, don't you aren't you in that fucking movie where you did that weird fucking real sex act with that dude? Okay, just making sure. I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to shame you. I just, okay, that's you. Okay, I got it. 
<laughs> oh, Stifler. Oh my God. The character Stifler. Sean William Scott. I like Sean William Scott. I think he's good in everything else except for this fucking movie. And what other movies has he been in? I don't know. I don't think anyone does. I'm just joking. I like the movie Role Models with him and um, Paul Rudd. Or Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd is like one of the funniest motherfuckers in the world. I can't believe uh, he did a movie with Stifler. <laughs> they seem like almost the same level, but at the same time, Paul Rudd is like... Paul Rudd's like worthy of Oscars, in my opinion. If you guys don't think so... I can give a shit because he's done so many fucking amazing movies where his character's been the best. Like, why, is, why do the characters have to be, like, super, um, you know, obvious? It's like they're in some real predicament and stuff like that. Like, whereas I think in Paul Rudd, in, in a real situation, Paul Rudd would still be him in the movies. Like, I think he would just be like, oh, what the fuck? he'd have some sort of, like, pithy fucking dialogue and kind of some douchey attitude, but it'd be funny still. Like, you'd still laugh. Like, the, the, a nuclear fucking plant explode, and he'd say something, and he'd still laugh at it, regardless of how dire the situation was. <laughs> so he was in Role Models with Sean William Scott, so... Uh, the Stifler the Stifler character, I just... I hated He was such, like, a pretentious, like, pussyhound douchebag. I couldn't stand. And I'm sure this guy's like that, obviously, but I, I couldn't stand him. So I remember in, the, in one of the scenes, Jim invites that, like, Russian girl over to his house to, like, study... And he like puts the camera on, so I, I it's so weird because I'm trying to remember these scenes, and to me I'm just like, as I'm thinking that I'm like, wait, why did he do that? It doesn't make any sense, and maybe I'm wrong about why he did it, but at the same time, I feel like someone's like, yeah, well, that was just some stupid fucking written plot that no one understood how to write yet. Where he brings he brings that what's her name? She's like some Russian girl, but I don't think the girl is. I think the act the actress is like American or whatever, but. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, that's her name, because I remember her from uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. There we go, bringing it around. She plays, yeah, she plays Nadia. She's 45. No fucking way, she's older than everyone else. Oh, no. Oh, she looks good still. Eh, whatever. Who cares, right? She's she's half Arabic, but she's 100% American. Ah, good for you. So, Jim invites her over to her to his house to, like, for studying and he like leaves her and then he's like porno magazines and stuff how she like ends up getting naked herself and like fingering herself on camera so everyone can see and then Jim walks in and she's like super like upset with him that he walked in he's like oh how dare you walk in on me and it's like I brought you here to study and in two minutes you like literally went through my magazines found some you know some dirty fucking lesbian mags and then you decide to get naked and jerk off in my fucking room and you're upset that I came back in my fucking room I maybe I'm completely wrong in that fucking part of the movie, but I seem to remember that. And then he like comes in his pants or something really too early, and like <laughs> everything in that movie is just so over the top. Like none of this shit would ever fucking happen, ever. And if it did, it's like oh my god, like you are living the American Pie life. Yeah, seriously, fuck American Pie. Um, it's a good coming of age film, but I just I can't stand it. So we'll move on. What'd you just say? <sighs> no, I may have said something about smelling some pot. No, it's just an observation. <laughs> oh, an observation, huh? Well, who the hell are you, man? Isaac fucking Newton? <laughs> well, guess what, genius? I'm the one smoking marijuana, motherfucker. You got a problem with that? No, of course not. Well, why'd you say that, chief? Come on, man, don't let your mouth write a check your butt can't cash. So I'm blazing with my friend, so I'm a fucking pothead, man. What's it to you, huh? Huh? What's the matter, pussy? Out of observations? Why don't you observe while I punch your teeth on your fucking throat? Come on, dude! All right, third movie we're going to talk about. This is, um... This is an interesting movie for for this list because 
it works on a lot of levels and it works a lot of time um like it works a lot of decades with uh with how people act um my dad my dad loves this movie sorry yeah my dad loves this movie and he said it reminds him of of high school and i'm trying to think of this movie this movie came out in the 90s like early 90s because you know, almost all these actors are like guys you'd see now, and they're not like super old. The movie takes place in like 1970 something, 1975 or 76, I think. And I'm wondering if my my dad's probably the high school age in that. I can't remember. Uh, I I can't do math. I know how old my dad is, but I'm like I don't know this minus this, and I get like he was 102 at the time. So, fucking, I'm just you know. He tells me he likes the movie. Reminds me of back in the day. He used to drive a Mustang. He's probably the cool guy. He's have like long hair and like a mustache and carried a guitar on his back. So I think he was probably the cool dude. And um, I like this movie because it, it it's almost like in the it relates to like my high school time and probably in the future too, or not the future, like the present right now when people are in high school. Because we talk a lot about like you know there's different. Once again, this is kind of almost like a certain um, socialite sort of experience like the breakfast club where it's there's like the stoners and there's kind of like those jocks who i think ben affleck plays like the bully who who fucking paddles that kid's butt which is bizarre and i feel like that wouldn't happen nowadays or like back in my time but like the hazing or like you know the bullying of these people existed for all the time like there's always these kind of guys in high school there was a big kind of dickheads who fucking pulled the shit on uh kind of kids who are just like whatever just mumbling through school don't want to like have any interaction with any of these fucking psychos but you know here they are um, so yeah, so going through high school, I remember I was really the, like I said, I was kind of like the loner, geeky kind of kid, but I, you know, had a gr- little small group of friends and stuff. And I used to be a kind of a pothead in school, like I skateboarded and smoked pot. So I feel like I had kind of like that, uh, that, uh, that stoner mentality and like, just sort of like, <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey, I wasn't that kind of cool, but I was always the guy's like, Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And it's like, ha, all right, all right, all right. But there's also that guy who's like. Isn't that guy who beats someone up or he gets all mad because he smells weed? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm smoking weed. Who fucking cares? And the guy was just like, hey, I'm just saying you smoke weed. I was like not that kind of stoner. Like, I don't know how, what kind of stoner would be like that if someone ever smelled them smoking weed. They'd be like, what the fuck does it matter to you? Like, most people who smoke weed are like, oh, yeah, I'm smoking weed. Why, you want some? Like, they're super chill. So I find this character to be like a fucking ridiculous uh, kind of character. But um, this movie this movie had a lot a lot to do with uh, with with my experience in high school, just like the kind of like the groups and the clans and everyone kind of hung out and in different groups. But sometimes like groups would get, you know, involved with each other. Like there'd be like the the jocks and the nerds or something like that. Or, you know, there'd be some stone, there'd be some stoners who are hanging out with like some football guy who decides he wants to smoke weed once or something like that. So it's really interesting how, how this movie actually kind of plays um, into these sort of stereotypes. So I find the movie was, movie was a lot like that where everyone was just meeting at a giant party at the end of the year just like smoke weed and have fun try to get laid and stuff like that so this this was a this was a good movie if you guys, if you guys haven't seen days confused like oh my god fucking watch it spoiler alert right how old are you 22 you certainly are that'll be 80 dollars. oh okay Sha, thank you kindly will that do certainly will thank you seth hey thank you ah uh, and it comes to super bad this um I like this movie and also hate this movie. I'm just joking. I actually love this movie. Um, I hate it because it's so awkward to watch, but it's such a realistic thing uh, to see, especially of my kind of high school time. I, I kind of remember being it almost the exact 
exact same with uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. You have him like you have your like really close friends. Like you have that this is a guy the guy who calls himself McLovin. You have your buddy who's just kind of weird, and then you have like your best friend and maybe a couple other friends too. But those are the guys you remember growing up with, and you always did a lot of stuff with them. Like I remember in in uh, in Superbad, they 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 go to buy alcohol, and uh, you know they're always so worried. And I remember back in the day, I used to I used to get people to buy alcohol for us. We used to stand at the liquor store just like outside and we'd wait for like some guy who looked like he was like young enough to kind of get what we're doing and we'd be like hey uh you know we're in high school and they're like oh you want us to buy and some guys would be like yo fuck off and we'd be like oh okay sorry and the guys would just be like okay but I'm keeping the change like you know you couldn't be like oh here's 20 bucks we're buying a bottle of like you know we're buying like a fucking Mickey of this and it costs like 10 bucks and they're like oh can I have the change back they're like yo fuck you I'm using your money to buy shit too and we just did not care we're like yeah yeah whatever whatever and it used to work so much, and I used to do it with um, a few of my buddies, and oddly enough, it worked. I, f- I feel like when we used to do it with weed, it's like, when you're selling weed, you didn't really care who you're selling it to. Like, you never sell it to, like, a five-year-old, obviously, but if you saw some guy who was, like, 14, you're like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 17. They're like, whatever, here's some fucking weed. Like, no one's going to fucking ID for weed, because what what, ha- what happens? You call the cops? It's like, hey, uh, this guy tried to buy weed off me, and he's not fucking, you know. Like, nowadays, I guess it's different, because weed's legal, but this is back in the day, so... Anyways, uh, so I find Superbad was like that, um, where you had your really good friends and you're always trying to like get alcohol or there's these girls in your life who you're like, oh, this, this is like, this is like the girl I want to be with and stuff like that. And your friends either hate her or love her, but you're always trying to like convince your friends to like her. And if they do like her, it's just like, oh, well, do you like her too much? Like, it's always like a, it's like a battle when you're, when you're in high school, it was a lot, it was a lot different. Like, uh, everything was just way more intense like you thought your friends were always like stabbing you in the back which i mean obviously happened uh, you'd have friends so you'd like a girl and you'd tell them and they'd be dating her next fucking weekend and like you know the weekend after they'd be broken up but it, it was just so funny to think uh to think how these things would play out in your mind and this movie really captures that i think uh i find these characters kind of like goofy but at the same time it's like they're more realistic than a lot of other movies that have these sort of age kids or pretend to be you know, high school students, I'm sure they were like probably in their, you know, probably in their twenties when they filmed this movie. I remember, I remember this, I saw this thing with Jonah Hill and he wanted to be in this movie so badly and they had to like teach him to like shave his face so he wouldn't have like facial hair at all because apparently like at that time he was just growing like fucking beards, like big fucking Jewish beards, you know? So they had to like tell him how to like shave every day so he didn't get like fucking nicks and all that stuff. So, you know, it's funny when they get older people to play these sort of characters. I like the whole atmosphere, too, of, like, buying alcohol, like, having fake IDs in the sense of, like, you'd be cool if you can get alcohol when you were that age, if you had to go to a party. And, of course, like me, like, I was I was a big dork, so I don't think I got invited too many things. But if I did, they'd always be like, oh, what, what booze are you bringing? And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, fucking whatever, the best booze in the world. In my mind, I'm like, I've probably had, like, three sips of beer and, like, some champagne when I was, like... You know, as young, my parents were just like, oh, just have a sip of it. It's fine. So it's it's so weird to be like, yeah, yeah, I drink like whiskey all the time. And then you drink whiskey for the first time ever and you want to fucking vomit like fire. <laughs> and you get the shits later on and stuff like your body just cannot tolerate it like that. So it, it's funny when you, you know, when you think of those times you go into high school and you have these big parties and all the cool people are there and they're just like, what are you drinking? You're like, this is like pure vodka, like AKA it's water. And then someone like fucking calls you out on that shit. <laughs> I like Superbad too because it kind of brings up these two characters that are definitely realistic in the sense like 
you know, they're, they're super horny kind of individuals, but it's not like American pie. Like they're just kind of like, whatever, I'm high school horny, but if she doesn't have, I'm not going to like try to get Terry to suck my dick again kind of thing. Like it's just these two awkward teenagers who just can't seem to figure out how to breach like the social circles that everyone likes. So they end up just going on like some massive crusade to try to figure out, you know, let's get fake IDs. Let's do this, do that. But it's not over the top, even though the movie's like, you know, every movie's over the top from reality. That's what movies are. But this one was a lot more predictable in the sense of, you know, this is realistic. This stuff does happen. Uh, It's happened to me before. I remember going to get like alcohol for people and like, you know, the friends like, oh shit, they, they looked for my ID, but you look older than me. So why don't you go? And I looked younger as, as anyone else. Like I couldn't grow facial hair until I was like, like 25. So he never worked out for us. But um, those situations where you like girls and you just talk to your best friends about them. And then, you know, the, you know, the, the conversations you have about moving on to, like once you're done high school, like you're going to college or, you know, you're going to the workforce and some people aren't graduated yet and they're not going to graduate for another couple of years. So it just turns into like a whole, um, turns the whole thing. So I think this movie really nailed the coming of age sort of story, the way, you know, you look at girls and your best friends and, you know, trying to fit in like with alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. So I think it was, it was good. And I think, I think that the cop uh, thing where McLovin hangs out with the cops, that was pretty funny too, because these cops were kind of like the way adults would be if they're stuck in like that teenage persona which i'm sure there's still a lot of cops who are like that like they're like yo we, we used to party like you so we we knew you were like fucking with us the entire time but he made us feel like we were back in high school again like that part those parts are really like unrealistic where they're like you know they they, they torch the cop car and they shoot at it and they throw the molotov cocktail at it, whatever that's obviously super um unrealistic but it's a funny scene i kind of like how they kind of brought that into like you know some of these adults are just like us they want to act like high school students so i thought that was interesting so before i get to the last movie which as i said this is not in any particular order although it seems like this this last movie that i'll go into detail with seems like a really odd coming of age story and it's it's both unrealistic and realistic in the sense of um the internalized self and that sounds like super uh, pretentious and douchey but when I get to it, you'll understand you'll be like yeah I, c- I kind of understand how these characters would work in the situation but before I do I want to bring up a movie that is literally a coming-of-age movie this movie took somewhere of like 14 years to make and this guy filmed it the entire time so it was called boyhood if you guys have heard of this movie before uh, I've seen parts of it but honest to god I got so tired of and bored of it it was such a boring movie and it sucks because i realized this movie literally took like 14 years to like make like this person wanted to make some big statement like oh this is we're watching this kid who you know grew from nothing and i'm i was like oh that's kind of interesting at the same time it's like well most of your days are fucking boring so this obviously has to be like you know placating to some fucking douchey narrative or something like that so let's see so boyhood was made in 2014 it's an epic coming-of-age drama. See, this is, like, legitimately when they say, like, coming-of-age drama. And it was written by Richard Linkletter. Why does that sound familiar? Same he did... What the fuck else did he make? He made... He did School of Rock. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He did Days of Confused, too, so now I feel like a dick because this guy did some, like, really good fucking movies. But... Boyhood. So, apparently it took 12 years to make. So, from 2001 to 2013... Um, I, I, 
I don't know what they were expecting with this movie because I just found this movie to be stupid and boring. And now that I'm like looking at it, I'm like, ugh, this is just just a jackass idea. Like it seems like it has like some merit to it, but it's such a fucking. I don't think it did so well in the theaters. Um, I don't. Um, I don't know what the what they what they make on it. They uh, movie costs. Oh, you know what? They made a lot more than they put into it. But it just seems like I oh, would just film this one kid for so long. So the budget was four million. It made fifty seven point three million. So that's a huge fucking profit. So I shouldn't say shit about it. But it's one of these movies where I think Rotten Tomatoes is like, oh, this is one of the greatest movies of all times. I can't believe they did this. And it's like just because it seemed like a hard concept to film doesn't make it a good fucking movie doesn't mean anything except it's just like they just did this for this time i thought it was boring um i felt like everything that was realistic was just kind of taken out and they just kind of started putting things that seemed like it'd be interesting in yeah and they also have actors in it too like i don't know how this movie can be so you know it's like this movie took 12 years to make and but there's actors who are like well this actor was not here from the beginning um uh who's in it let's see patricia arquette's in it Ethan Hawke's in it. Like, these people, I don't think, were in the movie from the entire time. I, I can't remember if they were or not. Or if they did, they kind of, like, just kind of spliced them in different scenes and stuff like that. To me, it's just, like, you just basically wasted 12 years to, like, get a couple, like, you know, get some shots of this kid and, like, put people around it to make it seem like this was, like, all a lifetime of a fucking movie. And it was just a piece of shit coming-of-age film. Like, this has nothing... You know, as over as over the top as some of these can be, this one was like under every movie that could ever happen with coming of age. Like even coming to like horror movies where, you know, there's that one the the virgin female who like comes up the top. Like that's more of a fucking coming of age than this piece of shit. I f- I couldn't even watch it. It was so boring. So maybe I'm judging it harshly because I didn't see the entire thing. But I don't know. If I'm wrong, let me know and I'll rewatch it. But I just uh, first off, I don't like Ethan Hawke that much. His his mouth bothers me. He's got, like, really weird teeth, so I'm afraid to, like, watch him as he talks. I'm like, dude, you're, like, a millionaire now. Like, can't you, like, fix your fucking... Maybe that's what makes him, like, a character, though. But he plays characters sometimes. Like, I remember he played... He plays the main guy in The in the Purge, and he's, like, some rich dude who sells people, like, private security, and he has, like, the most jacked-up grill, and I'm like, dude, really? You can buy your house, like, fucking bulletproof, like, fencing that, like, comes down automatically, but you can't fucking fix your teeth? Get the fuck out of here. I know it's his character, but... Even, like, Training Day, it's, like, I feel like in Training Day, he's, like, a real good, like, kind of preppy sort of dude. That's his character. But it's, like, then why does he have, like, fucked up teeth the entire goddamn movie? Like, couldn't you have those fixed before? I'm being too harsh on him. I, I don't mind Ethan Hawke, but at the same time, I fucking hate him. He might bite me. The kid wasn't sick. The kid wasn't sleeping. The kid was dead. So Stand By Me is the last movie I'll mention in this coming-of-age podcast. As I said, these are in no particular order, and these are just movies that were kind of picked by Google by random. And they're movies I do know, uh, aside from the boyhood one that I talked about. But the other ones that I actually went into detail with are movies that I've seen a number of times, and I do I do like them, So, well, except for American Pie. But I, I couldn't leave out American Pie because it just seems like it'd be way too, like... Well, that one's like the most, you know, the most sexual one. And when you're a teenager, that's all you think about. And it, yeah, sure. Okay. But I just fucking hate that movie. I hate Jason Biggs and I hate uh, Stifler's character. So so Stand By Me was made in 1996 and it was um, Stephen King's story. I think it was a short story. I think it was called The Body. And they turned it into Stand By Me. I can't remember the whole controversy, not the controversy, but like the reason why they put to Stand By Me the, in the soundtrack with that song worked out so well in it. 
And I guess no one wanted to see a movie called The Body. Like, it just sounds kind of weird. Like, nowadays it sounds kind of cool, like Jennifer's Body or something like that. But this movie was great at the time, and I think it really holds, you know, pretty strong nowadays, too. Like, a lot of things are completely dated. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's kids who go missing all the time, sure. But in the people have cell phones and everything now, so I think these kids couldn't just, like, walk off and pretend to be, like, at someone's house. And, like, oh, you can't reach me because they don't have a phone. It's like, oh, okay. Like, back in the day when if you couldn't afford a phone, like, just, ah, I'll be there for, like, a week and I won't be able to contact you because there's no phone here. The parents are just like, oh, yeah, they must not have a phone yet. But nowadays, like, everyone has a fucking goddamn cell phone. So, uh, Rob Reiner directed the film. I'm Rob Reiner. I remember from South Park and they, like, stab him with some stick. And he turns into, like, goo because he's, like, some, like, asshole pretentious guy who, like, hates smoking or something like that. <laughs> Rob Reiner. Um, I feel like everyone in this movie, like, bothers me to a point but the movie's so good and like back when they were kids it was like okay because uh will wheaton plays the he plays like the main kid in that what's his name gordon yeah gordy he plays like the storyteller i feel like he's almost like a um he's almost like a stephen king uh character in it like i think when you watch the movie and like richard Dreyfus plays like the older version of him he like writes these stories about like how these things happen. I feel like he kind of put himself, Stephen King put himself into this character about telling stories. Cause I think the, in the entire movie, they like kind of, he talks about how he's a writer and all his friends are like, Oh, tell us a story. And they, they did that pieting contest part where he talks about that kid who's like, who's like a fat ass or something. And he like drinks all that weird kind of, I drink some sort of oil and he like barbs up like blueberry pie, like on everybody. So then he tells stories and everyone's like, oh, it's so fucking cool. Like, they all like him because he's like a storyteller. And um, Richard Dreyfuss kind of like narrates the movie too, which I think is just like an awesome part too. Like, cause he, you know, he talks about being a kid in like, I guess the 50s or the early 60s. And then it's like now like the 80s or maybe the 90s. And he's, I don't know, it couldn't be the 90s because it's made 1986. I guess it's like the late 80s or something like that when he's like now older. So he talks about the time that him and his friends went to do this. And uh, yeah, River Phoenix is in it. And... He has a sad life too, right? River Phoenix. Corey Feldman, who is a weirdo nowadays. Doesn't he have some sort of like weird sex call with some girls? Like, like some girls had to like stay near him at all times and he has to like help them like achieve their dreams or something like that. Corey's Angels or something like that. Something stupid, I'm sure. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. He released a fat kid in that movie. That's the thing I never remembered is Jerry O'Connell played like so many like kind of hunky sort of muscular guys. And then in this movie, it's like you look back and he's like, the, he's the chubby fat kid in that, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, Kiefer Sutherland, he's always great in that movie too. Uh, he's always great in that movie. Kiefer Sutherland's great in this movie and he's, he's good in a lot of stuff. Like he really has that acting sort of thing down. Uh, this movie's coming of age and it's kind of weird to think that because how many people have like gone off and like, you know, with your friends and like try to find a body of a kid. Like that's, I'm sure that's completely random. It doesn't happen as often as, as, as you'd think, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I think just in general, the whole being with like this close group of friends and like setting out to do something like some sort of like, um, you know, adventure or some sort of task or some sort of mission is, is always coming of age and regardless of what it is. Sometimes you go with your friends, you do something and, you know, you think back and it's like, that's the, that's almost one of the moments that changed like your entire life. It's like your, your entire way of thinking about things. You know, when you when you're a kid, you have like this this sense of you know adventure and stuff like that. But then, you legitimately have to go out with people who are like your friends or people you love, and then you have to like do something or see something that's just gonna change you personally forever. And I think this movie's really 
about that. I mean, regardless of seeing a body or not, it it has that tie where you're with your best friends and then you have to go do something that's definitely going to change you probably into like men. So it's like, you know, you're coming from, you know, a teenager, 12 years old, and then you're going to be doing something or seeing something that's going to make you a lot more uh, adult and a lot more mature about things, like the way you look at everything else. And I think this movie really did a good job because, you know, I see this body of a kid who's their age and he's dead and they're the first ones who find him. So it's like, you try to imagine like what the situation you'd be in and, you know, the, um, the extent of, what you're thinking about because it'd be so it'd be so jarring I think to see someone who's your age who's like dead and you knew you're trying to find them too like you knew you went out to, to search for this body and, and and then you saw it and it really really takes you back because you you can't comprehend like you're too young to understand but after that you're kind of like you develop some sort of like almost like a merit badge like you become like a boy scout and you, or like an eagle scout or something you earn this badge that turns you into something completely different so I and that's something that's happened to me many times like there's so many things in your life when you're young and even like now like coming of age I feel like doesn't have to be with just like you're a young guy to a teenager teenager to man I think coming of age is like you're just you're always coming to an age where you're just like this is something that's going to happen now and you can understand it and you could put it past you I feel like when you get older it's a lot easier like I feel like probably from like your 20s to 30s 30s to 40s things are going to happen but you're going to be able to understand them a little bit better but of course when you're a teenager you're going to you know, it's going to be a lot more uh, shocking. It's going to be a lot more jarring for your for your life and, you know, the way you think about the rest of the world. So I think this movie was just absolutely amazing. So this is not the number one movie of coming of age, but to me, this is a great one. I think everyone who watches it can't deny there's probably some truth to a lot of their lives of how this works. But hey, let's get back to some happier topics here. I went really fucking deep there and I apologize. Uh, this is the Podder Podcast and you've been listening and I appreciate it. Uh, apparently there's more people listening. I get a lot more listeners now and I check every, like every so often I check to see if people are listening or not. And I appreciate seeing bigger numbers all the time on different mediums. I know you guys listen to Spotify and iTunes. So continue doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't ask for money on this podcast at all. So this is just free for everybody. Thanks to my, uh, my true, my true fans who enjoy listening to the podcast. There's people out there who they know who they are. I try to wish them a, try to wish them well as much as I can. I will, I will talk to them personally and be like, hey, you listen to the podcast, and you're also my best friend, and you're also just me who listens to my own podcast. Anyways, <laughs> it's it's great to see people enjoying this podcast. If you do, if you guys just listen to it and make fun of me, then I don't care. At least as long as I'm getting people who listen to it, it makes me happy. So yeah, listen to us. We are on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I don't know if we're on Stitcher or not. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't listen to Stitcher. I'm on Castbox. We're on a bunch of different, bunch of different links. So check us out. And if you can't find us for some reason, I hope you do. But go to listennotes.com. Listennotes.com is a website where it's basically like Google for podcasts. So you can type in keywords or actually the the name of the podcast, and you'll get links to where you can listen to it. So listennotes.com. They've been the first unofficial sponsor. I don't make money from them, and that's fine. They promote my podcast in a sense, so I'll promote them. I can give a shit. It's awesome. So check it out. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. And I will come back and do something soon. So take care. Bye. Hey, can you just get out of here and we'll, we'll talk what about the this fuck? later? Fuck, Evan, we're down two points. Fucking calm down, Greg. It's soccer. It's soccer. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. <laughs>